Sport Tracks on SFM. FM, 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 FM with John Carica. So what do you do on a Saturday when you're bored? Lundy Kralung decides, you know what I want to do? I actually want to run 55 kilometers over some of the toughest terrain in the world. And having a look at the map, it really is. The R&B Ultra Trail Run, uh, and she won it, 55 kilometers. And she joins us now. Lundy, congratulations. <laughs> Hi, John. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you, more importantly? doing well now that the race is over. <laughs> it was last weekend, right? Sunday? Uh, yeah, something like that. I think <laughs> Saturday or Sunday, yeah. All right. Uh, just, I, I want to talk about the route, first of all, uh, Lundy Kreland, before we get into your uh, into your fascinating story. So you get bus to Landudno, okay? Then you start at Landudno and you run down to Sandy Bay and you run along the coast, a nice little start, and then they send you up to the top of the mountain. With just for fun, all right? And then you run along the mountain, then you run down the mountain to Heart Bay, and you run through Heart Bay, and then they make you run up to the top of the mountain again, where you go to Constantia Glen, you go down to Alpen Trail, you come up again to the top of the mountain, you run along the top of the mountain, then they send you all the way around through the university, Dead Man's Tree, you run down the hill, you finish in gardens. Little 55k trot. What was it like for you and your legs? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely not your run-of-the-mill um, <laughs> sort of just uh, let's go and quickly sign up for this race. Um, luckily, there's various dis- distances to cater for for beginner mm. to to sort of um, professional. But yeah, it's just it's incredible that you can think um, you start on a normal morning, like at 7 a.m., and you start on one side of the city and you finish on the other side of the city a couple of hours later well let's see five six hours later <laughs> but i mean it's yeah it's incredible the showcase of the the table mm. mountain trails and just what your what your legs are capable of how long did it take you um it literally took me six hours and 20 minutes six hours <laughs> 20 minutes five seconds faster than your nearest competitor right yeah okay how do you manage six hours 20 that's longer than a comrades marathon how do you manage to do that yeah, I think obviously it's it's quite different to, to road running, the trail running, um, as most people that have done it before will, will most likely know. It's, I mean, you have to carry all of your own food and oh. your own gear. There's various aid stations along the way, but I mean, mostly you're self-sustained and lots of compulsory gear should anything, you know, happen on the mountain and if it rains and things like that. So it's a lot different. And then obviously um, the main thing that is the difference is there's lots of elevation gain and loss. So climbing up and down mountains, basically running, hiking trails. Mm. So it is, um, yeah, that's why the the times vary so much compared to to the roads. But, yeah, it's incredible if you you can actually, you know, uh, relate to some people who, who hike these trails, they... They simply can't believe that some, <laughs> some of us actually don't run it. Don't run it. All right, so you've done a 46K race, and what made you decide I can do an extra nine kilometers? Yeah, I think, John, I've, I've, before I had uh, kids, I used to do quite quite a lot of the longer distances, like 80K, 100K sure. races, which was, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily everyone's sort of piece of cake, but I, I used to like those those long distances. I mean, obviously, when I had kids, I had less time to train mm. and also just less time away from the kids. Um, so it meant just shortening the race distances, which still sounds long to, to most people. 
But I mean, it is yeah. It basically relates to to comrades because you're out there for for five, six, seven hours mm. if you if you're in the front back. But yeah, for for me, it's it's just it's such a. Um, I, I love to do to do that sport. I love to be in nature. I love to just spend time out there and and challenge myself and and see how I can still compete with with the youngsters. Uh, you got sick just before the race. How did you handle that possible depression? I guess that you that you after all that training, all that work, you wouldn't be able to make the race. Yeah, I think I think in a way it was a blessing in disguise because sometimes you put a lot of pressure on yourself when you when you're competing at that level. So sometimes when you know these things that are completely out of our control happens and. You, you kind of take your mind off, you know, actually going out there to yeah. race and to win and instead just going and competing and, and really just enjoying the ability to be able to run. So when I got the green light from the, from the doctor that, you know, I am healthy enough to go and race mm. or to go and do the, do the event, I think it, it was kind of like, well, I'm just here to just do my last race of the season, see how it goes. So in a way, I think it was probably for me a, a positive thing um, in in hindsight because I just literally didn't have any pressure on me. Yeah, it forces you to rest, I guess. Whereas uh, you're you're a professional athlete, you know about your body, but maybe you just uh, three days of rest didn't hurt you. Yeah, I think if you if you're at that level and you're that conditioned, I think three days of rest is is really not going to do much physically. Right. Probably mentally, you're going to have to tell yourself, no, you're not getting unfit. You're not <laughs> really, you know. So I think that's where um, experience comes in and plays a big role. Let's talk about the race itself. As you say, six hours twenty, fifty-five k's. It's it's not fast, but after all of that, it came down to five seconds. What were those last bits like riding down the mountain? Yeah, I think it was quite interesting because I, I really started the race um, fairly conservatively. Lots of international athletes that I haven't really competed against. Um, and I obviously didn't know what my, what my body was going to do after being ill um, for the whole week mm. and not really having run. So I thought to myself, you know, I've, I've done this quite quite a few times. Rather start conservative and see if you can finish the second half um, stronger and, and maybe catch up. So... It was exactly the case, and in the the last ten k's, I was quite far behind the leader, and I kind of was hoping to to really just run for second or hoping for a miracle. And you know, it it literally came down to the last seven k's where I passed the the leading lady, and um, I thought I had the race in my bag in the bag, and I kind of not relaxed, but I didn't want to do anything stupid and fall over a rock, and then you know someone else comes and takes takes the win so I think I got a bit ahead of myself and the next moment I see the the lady that I passed about six days uh, before she's coming right next to me on the jeep track mm. and I just decided you know I haven't come this far in the season <laughs> and in the race to, to let it go so uh, my 200 meter repeats <laughs> was quite handy up there and I, I just sprinted as fast as I can for sure. the finish line so that was probably the longest 700 meters of my career. I know it sounds ridiculous. How do you know on the on the trails that you're passing third or fourth or second or first? Oh, I think you you obviously get um, heads up from 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 various checkpoints okay. and people on the trail, and I think you kind of visualize and recognize the 
the trail kit that the other competitors wear, so you you know exactly where you are positioned if you if you're racing in the front. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering. Suddenly, you think you were going into first, but you're not because somebody sneaked away a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, no, that's that's unlikely to happen uh, when you, when you're actually you know sort of in in the front pack. All right, Lundy Kraler. Now that you've done that race and you're starting to get a taste for longer distances again, is it uh, mince pies and cake over Christmas, or what's the plan? <laughs> yeah, I am. I I have sort of started uh, taking a bit of a break after that race, which was uh, a couple of weeks ago. So really, just slowly starting to build up again, and just um, enjoying the running again, spending a bit more time with the family, and just um, taking care of things that you've neglected for for the last couple of months or or even yeah years, <laughs> and then just trying to to get back into to good shape in in January February. But most probably, I'll, I'll only start my my running trail running season specifically in April next year again. Okay. What's the big What's the big goal next year? Um, I think I'll still keep it um fairly short. I won't go back to the to the ultra distances just yet. I think I still have a bit of speed left in me, but yeah, a couple of of international races definitely on the cards, and then yeah, obviously keep to to the local favourites and see mm. if I can um better my times and uh, better my position as well. And your competitors just get younger and younger every year. Hey? Yeah, that's that's definitely the the biggest challenge of them all. But yeah, my challenge is to show them that you know if you're mom of two and you're aging, you can still um, still do your thing. Landy Kralik, great chatting to you. Congratulations on your win and enjoy your rest over Christmas. Yeah, thanks, John. Same to you too, and chat to you soon. Landy Kralik, South Africa professional trail runner, winning the 55 kilometer. R&B Ultra Trail Cape Town. Do yourself a favor. If you're not a runner or if you even are a runner, have a look at this route. It's fascinating. That's the short one. There are longer races. There's the uh, there's the Ultra Trail 100, uh, which is obviously twice as long. It starts, yeah, I think it's the one we spoke about last time. It starts in town, starts on Signal Hill, and then makes its way all the way along the Cape, uh, along the peninsula to Landadno. You go down to the sea, you go up, and you go back down to Hart Bay, and then you run all the way back into town because 100 k's. Why not? It's what they do, and it seems ridiculously difficult. And trail runners love it, and they've got pictures of people running with, uh, running with GoPros. But the ultimate run, the ultra, uh, the UTCT, is the long one. All right. Have a look at the website. It starts in town, goes down uh, all along the mountain, goes to Lundudno, goes along the, the sea by Sandy Bay, goes up over those mountains by Hart Bay, over that steep mountain that you see, into Hart Bay, and then they take a right. And then they go to Nurtuk and Komiki. And then they go and take a left, and they go into Simon's, uh, no, the other way around. Uh, so, uh, so I, I'm so confused about which directions they go. Oh, they, they cross over from Hart Bay to Silvermine, Silvermine to Cork Bay, then they go over Black Hill, Simonstown, uh, Dam to Komiki, down to Nurtuk, back up the hill again, and then they run all the way along the eastern side, Constantia Glen, Alpen Trail, Nursing Ravine, uh, back to Signal Hill. That's just a quick little 160-kilometer run that they did. Yeah, I get, I'm actually sweating thinking about that. <laughs> so I need some music. I need some music, please.